This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Matt Ristel. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called T-Sheets, T as in Tom, T-Sheets, the top rated and request in time tracking and scheduling software on the planet. He's founded six companies and he's done it all from the unlikely tech hub of Boise, Idaho. More than anything, he loves helping small businesses win, especially the underdogs. Matt, are you ready to take us to the top? (laughs) Well... Uh, I'm ready to go to the top with you. Yes. Good. Well, listen, I have to hit you on this because it's a big thing that you said here. Okay. The top rated and requested time tracking and scheduling software on the market. How do you know that? Um, well, it's a good question. And you know, there's, there's a couple of reasons. One, I mean, in every ecosystem that we're in, we're the top rated out, but also, um, Give I me just an example of one of those ecosystems. So the uh, apps.com. So you've got apps.com, which is into its ecosystem, their apps marketplace. Um, I think we're almost twice uh, number two and is getting the number of five-star reviews. And that one alone, I think we have like 22 or 2,300 five-star customer reviews. Also, uh, some, some information just came out, and I guess we are working to validate this, but it, it um, of all of the SaaS B2B companies that are out there in the world, um, we are the eighth most reviewed SaaS business to business platform uh, in the world with salesforce.com being number one or number two. So most reviewed, uh, most reviewed across like what channels? Uh, good question. And it was the, the statement was online. So we're working to validate it. But back to your back to your answer. Um, I mean, you usually companies, especially employees, if you ask them, hey, do you like your time tracking system? I mean, they're, they're, they get a visceral response, uh, let alone any type of affection or love. And um uh, that, that is a massive difference from T-Sheets. In fact, one of our largest referral sources are from employees that work for a company that's using T-Sheets and then they move on to another company uh, and they're like, hey, have you guys ever heard of T-Sheets? So you need to help your customers get fired more frequently. <laughs> Just move it up. Growth channels, baby. Growth hacking. All right, Matt, tell me what the company does what, and how do you make money? What's your business model? Uh, so we are an online time tracking and scheduling system. And uh, so if you have a small business out there that has, let's say, 20 employees, uh, they need to schedule their employee time or schedule them out among jobs. And then they have to clock in and clock out. And uh, that's how they get paid. And they can take that time and, and track it against jobs, tasks, customers, etc. cetera. Um, and the way we get paid is we have a base fee per month, which is a $16 base fee. Six zero or one six? One six. One six, okay. So $16 base fee per month with a $4 uh, per month per user as you pay. Okay. Okay. So the, the, if a business, like if I sign up, I run a company called the top inbox with four employees. If I sign up for T sheets, I will pay $16 base and then four seats times four is another 16 bucks per month. So $32 per month. That's exactly right. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, good. So now that we understand kind of the business and, and kind of how you've driven these reviews and what you do, uh, tell me the backstory here. When did you launch this company? 
So we started in uh, in 2006. I owned a company prior to this. I had um, I had uh, 35 employees. I had four locations and uh, a couple of delivery drivers and a couple of salespeople. And um, what was that company, day, Matt? Uh, it was called Cartridge World. So we were a franchise, and uh, we sold printer cartridges. Um, it was a great little business at the time. And uh, one day I was working late because that's what you, know, you do. And, and one of my employees, she, she was walking out and she said, you know, good night. I said, good night. And, and I had never once checked anybody's timesheet ever. And it's, for some reason, I thought, you know, should I check her timesheet? No, she would never. You, I mean, she was like one of my most honest employees. She wouldn't steal anything. Anyway, I got myself Wait, wait, up. hold on, hold on, Matt. I didn't follow that. She was leaving late. So you questioned if she was working hard, if she was checking in? Not even close. So I, for some reason I was working late. She was just closing up the store and she was leaving and I was working in the back of the store. So she left. And I thought to myself, should I check her timesheet for no particular reason? Oh, you thought maybe she didn't check out or maybe I didn't, she didn't check out. I don't know. I don't know. I had never checked anybody's timesheets. Wait, but what prompt, this is like a magic moment. What prompted you? Was it just like divine intervention saying, well, you should check her timesheet. I don't know. It's a good question. No one's ever, as many times I've told that story, no one has ever asked me that. And I don't know. Uh, but I just, and I didn't want to, honestly, maybe whatever reason I was working on something else, but I stood up, I walked over, opened up the manila folder, looked at her timesheet and looked at my watch and it's like, no way she had given herself like 15 minutes, which you don't think is a big deal small business, super tight margins. And not everybody was as honest as, as she was. I did a little recon mission the next day where I went and sat in front of my store truck. Everyone left it for lunch. I went and walked in and checked everyone's timesheets and, and I had a pretty big issue on my hand. So walked to office depot thinking it'd be an easy problem to solve, but I wanted to sit at one location and see all my employees on the clock at one time um, on my computer and see, you know, where they were working, et cetera, what they were working on. And the lady said, oh, I have the perfect solution for you. She walked me back to the aisle and she handed me like this old metal thing that you stick a piece of paper into that goes like, you know, cha-ching. And I said, well, that's, you know, that's not going to work. And um, what year was this, by the way, where you're that was 2005. OK, it's back before SaaS was a word back before the cloud was really a word. Um, anyway, and then uh, uh, I went to Google and nothing existed. So I called my buddy up. I said, hey, can you build this basic functionality for me? He's like, yeah, absolutely. So he built this basic functionality. Was his buddy like a developer you'd worked with at one of your past companies or what? No, he was actually a roommate at one point and he um, was an architect at HP. So he was like a soft engineer architect, brilliant, brilliant guy. And um, anyway, so he did me a favor. And uh, my For free? You didn't pay him? No equity either? It was, it was a few thousand bucks to, to build this basic version. And uh, my, my bookkeeper processed our first payroll. And we saved you know, around $2,400 just in our first payroll alone and just accurate timesheets. And she looked at me and she said, this is amazing. Can you sell it? And in my brilliance, because I didn't, you know, it wasn't a prolific, you know, widespread concept to take instances of a software online and have and sell them, you know, in a SaaS model. And I said, I don't know. So I called up Brandon, my co-founder. I said, Brandon, can we sell this? And he said, oh, yeah. And Wait, who was Brandon? Was he like an ex-employee at another company or who was he? Brandon was my buddy that, that built that. Um, oh, oh, oh. He was the engineer. He was an engineer. Did you guys just split 50-50 or you paid him? So I imagine you kept more than he did, right? Uh, I kept a little bit more. Yeah, cool. And are you two the only two founders? Yes. And just kind of round up the team for me today. What are you guys at? Uh, how many employees? Yeah. 240, I think. 240, all based there in Boise? Yeah. Well, we have an office, a small office in Australia. We have a couple in California and a few just spread out across the United States, but 
this is definitely headquarters. So what was official launch date? 2006, 2007? Um, so we officially went, went, you know, incorporated in 2006 official launch date. I sold my last company and then we really launched hard in 2008, had three miserable go-to-market failures, miserable. Um, we ran out of money completely. With T-sheets uh, or with companies before T-sheets? T-sheets. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we ran out of money, had to move into free space. How much money did you put in that you lost? Um, well, part of it's kind of interesting, as you know, from a founder perspective, um, I mean, I put in a few hundred thousand dollars, we got a couple of hundred thousand dollars of some seed capital. Uh, but then, so once you burn through that, you really don't pay yourself for a while. Right. And so, uh, you start burning through all your own cash reserves. And so, um, you know, that's, that's what we went through. And then in 2010, we really started to crack the code. Uh, and, and then we've been, been doubling every year since. So I want to talk about that more in a second about the kind of 2010, but give me a sense, like in 2008, what was total revenue? Do you remember? Oh, I don't have any idea. Less, definitely less than what? Um, in 2008. When you're still struggling. Oh, I mean, it was, you know, I would say less than a hundred thousand dollars of ARR. Okay. And you didn't really pass that hundred thousand dollar ARR mark until things started clicking. You'd say in 2010. Um, I mean, then it was just, I think in 2010, what we did is we really started to crack the code and, um, uh, we figured out what was causing us to grow, what wasn't causing us to grow. And so we really got laser focused on the things that were working and have had, you know, ridiculous results since. What was the number one thing that was working? Uh, really good question. So one was we realized then that we had, um, architected T sheets uniquely from all the other time tracking systems that were out there because T sheets was designed for payroll. So all the other time tracking systems, cause there were a few others that were starting to crop up. They were timers that were designed to track an hour, bill an hour, which you can do with T sheets really well. Um, but what you can't do with a timer very well is pay payroll. Um, because you don't know that an employee clocked in at 8.03 a.m. All you know is they worked in a lapse time of three hours yesterday. And T-Sheets actually had a timestamp in the database with a with a log in the background that um, you, you protected both the employee and the employer. So it made it exponentially more complicated. So we started positioning uh, everything that we did wrapped around payroll and we started to get great traction. That makes sense. Now, fast forward to today. How many companies are using you, paid customers? Uh, I mean, we don't actually disclose all of that information, but I mean, it's, um, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a lot. Um, what's it definitely, what's it definitely more than, um, I mean, it's, it's certainly well into the tens of thousands, like well into the mid tens of thousands. Got it. And those are seats or co- unique companies using you. Those are companies. Yeah. I mean, we have um, hundreds of thousands, soon to be millions, like very soon to be millions of paid users. That's right. So in terms of the seats. Yes, that's great. So between 10,000 and 100,000 kind of companies using you and you're getting very close to that beautiful million dollar seat mark. Do you think you'll break that in 2017? Uh, again, I don't want to. I mean, that kind of gives us. Uh, so I can't I can't really share those kind of numbers, but you get a general idea. And <clears throat> and again, this is our fifth year in a row, even at scale, where we're growing at 100 percent year over year. What? um where was your head when you launched the company? What I mean by that is, did you have a big financial success before this, where this was really easy for you in terms of if this fails, you'll be okay? Or was this something where, are you the kind of entrepreneur you like to put your back against the wall and say, I have to make this succeed, otherwise I'm screwed? 
It's super, super like, very different. Do I like to put my back against the wall? Uh, yeah, that's you know, a basic question. Right. And I prefer not to have my back against the wall. Um, but we ended up putting ourselves there. So, um, I mean, we, we had an outcome, you know, I had, I had sold my last company and it was a pretty, it was a good outcome for myself and for my family. Um, it wasn't like, you know, uh, unlimited funds where you never have to work again, sort of a deal, but it was, you know, it was was certainly a good position to be in. Uh, and then when we started this, um, and you invest the first, you know, couple hundred thousand and, and then you start working into your reserves pretty soon, you, you know, your back is against a wall real, really quickly. How much capital have you raised to date? Uh, the few hundred thousand seed capital. And then we raised a $15 million series a, uh, exactly two years ago. Got it. And you've just been, co- are you, I mean, I assume you're profitable ever since. Um, well actually since 2010, when we really started to crack the code, we've been cash flow break even ever since. Got it. And you've just op- you basically looked at every month and said, Hey, we have this much going to the bottom line. Let's reinvest that next month on new marketing. Yep. And we don't have any intentions of touching our series a. Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I want to tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big, smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal, and I want to show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com, click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. Let me ask you a weird question here. So this $16, you said it's a flat fee per month per business, right? I mean, I'm doing back of the napkin math here, right? So at a minimum, if you have 10,000 customers uh, or going up to even 100,000, right? That's like 160-ish grand per month versus like the seat model, which is clearly way more powerful. You said, you know, let's say you just have 800,000. You don't want to share the exact number, but let's say 800,000 on your way to a million. That's doing like 3.2 million per month. So it's 160 grand per month versus 3.2 million per month. Why even, you know, mess around with a $16 flat fee per company? Why is that important to you? Um, when we originally, uh, built our price, well, we haven't touched our pricing in, in I think six years, seven okay. years. <laughs> is this a legacy so thing? It is. It, we just have never focused on pricing. We never made pricing the issue. Um, it's, it's a, it's a great price. We think we provide probably a, a whole bunch more value than what we build our customers for. And that's a really good deal for our customers and they love it. So we've really never revisited it and in order to, um, try to test a new pricing model. As you go out and test new channels to acquire customers and generally speaking, what are you willing to spend to acquire a customer based on what you know about their lifetime value? So our lifetime value. So time tracking is super sticky, very, very sticky. You know, you think people think of payroll as this, um, um, really cool. Everyone wants to get into payroll product, but what's really interesting is that inside of a small business, take that same you know company with only 20 employees, only really two people ever touch payroll. The boy, that son is terrible. Uh, <laughs> 
That's okay. Just shift it. You're good. There you go. The, uh, the only two people to touch payroll, the bookkeeper and the business owner. Um, and if you were to go ask any of the other employees, Hey, who's your payroll provider? No, one's going to know. Like no one will really know. So it's really sticky. Matt, can you just real quick, can you qual? can you quantify that? What's your logo churn annually? Again, probably we don't see our logo churn, but we be, we beat, uh, you know, there's some, there's some SAS metrics that are out there, um, that say, you know, here are the different benchmarks and standards for what's uh, really good. I mean, really good is, uh, if you're in the SMB space, which you are, yes. And you're a true small business. If you have better than I think 70, they say that the gold standard is 74% retention or something, 73% retention. I think they say that is like the gold standard off the charts is above 80% retention. And uh, we're above both of those. That's good. So above 80%. Now, do you, these are lower price points. So I imagine you don't see huge differences between your revenue churn and your logo churn since the price points are so close, or I could be wrong. I mean, do you see a huge difference? Do you have an inside sales team that's selling some much more expensive multi-thousand dollar per month product? No, but they're two very, very different numbers because, um, we, because we price per seat. We have expansion and contraction within our customer base. It's, it's very real time. And so, um, yeah, our, our net dollar retention is how we refer to it. And it is, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's on, it's off the charts. Are you, ne- are you negative yet? We're, <laughs> we're close. You're close. You're really close. That's good. That's the, you're laughing. Cause you know, that's the sweet spot. You get there and you're like, hallelujah. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Um, Take me back. I asked a question earlier and you talked more about kind of how you think about lifetime value and stickiness. What is that number though? What are you willing to pay to acquire a customer? You have really high churn. I mean, sorry, really high retention numbers. You can probably afford to pay a lot, but what do you choose to pay? Well, that's so that varies by channel. So we're a very data-driven company. What we learned back in 2010 is um, that to put in the infrastructure to basically track absolutely everything. And so that way you can make data-driven decisions versus, you know, you know, is this work gut, gut decisions? And um, so as a result, what we do, and and, I, and I'm coming back to answer your question, we uh, cast a, when we, when it comes to top of funnel, um, we're always trying to grow. And that's what I live, eat, sleep and drink is how do we grow faster? And we cast the, the net wide and then we narrow it down per channel. So if we wanted to go approach a new channel, which we do all of the time, we cast a really wide net, which makes your CAC go up, right? Because you have some things that work and don't work. And what we do is we narrow it, narrow it, narrow it down. And so we are con- our CAC is constantly expanding and contracting. And that number varies drastically by channel. Generally um, speaking, by channel, what do you like to keep your payback period below? Um, well, I mean, it's just whether or not that channel is optimized. I mean, it really, it, it varies per, per channel. I mean, overall, what we, we, we have to make sure as a company, if you're a, if you're a company at Silicon Valley and you're going to, you're okay with burning $2 million a month, which most of them that are our size growing as fast as we are. No, roughly, no, but you're killing them. That's why I want from you, not them. So like your payback period, do you optimize for less than six months in every channel? Less than 12, less than six. Yeah. I mean, that, that's great. Are you pulling any of these contract values forward? Are they annual paid up front or they pay monthly? So, um, so back to the pricing model, the pricing I quoted you is if you pay for a year in advice, a year in advance, that's the pricing. Otherwise it's, if you pay month to month, it's $20 base fee plus $5 per employee. Yep. And give me, if you can, a general sense of just total paid spend you're testing per month. Are you in the hundred, two hundred thousand $200,000 range or less than that? The answer is I don't know that. You're not sure. That would, yeah. Okay. But you are testing paid pretty aggressively. 
Oh, we test it all the time. Again, it's that's one of those channels that goes like this, and it really does expand and contract. Yep. Last question before we wrap up with a very easy, famous five. Have you passed kind of the magic $40 million ARR mark yet? The $40 million ARR? Yeah. Oh, um, why is that the magic number? Why, is that, so, so, why is that so surprising to you when I asked that? Because um, I've never heard that as the magic ARR number. Well, you know what I do on these interviews? I like, I build up, right? I build up to something and I say, okay, I'm going to ask them the magic question. And the magic question, I usually put it like 10 to 20% above what my best guess is of your current revenue. And my best (laughs) guess of your, my best guess of your current revenue is around 800,000 seats at four bucks a pop. That's 3.2 million per month. And then you've got change on top of that from the company pricing. So I'm doing three ish times 10, right? Times 12 is about 303 point or sorry, $36 million annually. So I'm going, Oh, I'll throw the question out and see if he's above 40 million yet. That's why that's a magic number. <laughs> so that's not a magic number that I'm not aware of, like the magic sales number. Um, uh, no, you, you, know, would, I, you would not be aware of that outside of me making it up on the spot and calling it the magic number. <laughs> that surprised me. Uh, so, um, you know, again, that would kind of give you probably more information than, than what I would feel comfortable sharing. Uh, but obviously you're, you're pretty good at math. Okay, good. So we'll take that as generally in the range. Let's wrap up with the famous five here, Matt. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, I, I read, you know, two books a month. Um, I, one of the books I just read recently, um, that was probably one of the best books, uh, best book I've ever, I've ever read that changed T-sheets forever is, um, the lean startup, the lean startup. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently? Yes. Brad Smith with Intuit. Yep. Good number. Uh, by the way, if he comes and writes you a $250 million check, do you sell the company? Oh, you know, no, (laughs) that wasn't a very strong, no. Well, what kind of answer is that? I mean, what kind of question is that? I mean, um, I study, you know, Brad Smith is a, um, he's a, he's a very unique CEO that, um, um, has both charisma. He has incredible attention to details and numbers. Um, but he's just one of, um, you know, another one is Mark Benioff. What's really interesting is that, um, Mark Benioff really helped shape a lot of T-sheets in the very, I got to talk to him. He, he wrote back, answered all my questions, met him, um, really shaped the, the very beginnings of T-sheets. I mean, look, I asked that question because either Salesforce or Intuit seem like very natural strategic positions for T-sheets. And also it sounds like you, one of your major growth channels are dominating the reviews in both of their ecosystems. Uh, so, I mean, we don't, a lot of companies, again, this is very different than I'd say Silicon, Silicon Valley is that we don't focus on outcomes. Um, like we don't focus, I don't, I'm, I'm not exit driven. Um, I'm try, I think that we can double the company for the next foreseeable future for the next few years. And so, I mean, that's really where we spend, um, all of our time thinking. Number three, uh, besides your own, is there a favorite online tool you have? Yes, believe it. Um, I use, so my to-do app that I use to track everything that I do is called Things. Things. Is it just things.com? It's just called Things in things. the app store. Yep. Okay, Seems it's it a great to-do system. All right. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, what's coming the next day? <laughs> <laughs> that is that, that's really the answer. On average, what would you say? Uh, probably six, six. Yeah. I'm looking at all of these. I assume you have children with the pictures behind you and the bats and the trophies and everything. How many kids you have? I have three, three kids. Wow. Uh, yeah, 12, 10 and eight. Yeah. All right. So th- three kids and married, I guess. Yes. And how old are you, Matt? Uh, 40 years old. All right. Last question. Take us back 20 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um, my 20 year old self, I was 20 years old. Um, uh, I wish uh, I knew myself 
better that I had a, a propensity to the, that I had a propensity to take risks and um, that, that that was a that was a good thing. I just didn't know. I didn't know I was a risk taker. <laughs> There you guys have it from Matt. He wishes he really had the propensity to take big risks, survive, have a lot of fun. And listen, he's been to the fire six times. Product fails, failures, product successes, business exits, business collapses. But now with T-Sheets back in 2006, he got one of his best friends to help him code the MVP. Took him a few years to figure it out, but now they're serving well over 10,000 businesses, approaching 1 million seats. They've used uh, kind of ecosystems inside of much larger enterprise customers to drive growth. Those are the reviews and Intuit and Salesforce on other review sites as well. They've raised just 15.3 million bucks considering the revenue, which is fantastic. Again, based also in Boise, which I love with just 240 folks on their team. Again, uniquely helping with not only time tracking, but payroll and paying payroll associated with that tracking. Matt, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thanks for having me.